0: welcome to Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler and with me, yes, they're back, Court Winsett.
1: Greetings.
0: And Cameron Spann.
1: Would you like to tip me, Katie? Tip you? Tip me. What, for, for your being presence? Here. Yeah, for, for being, being here. here. I'm gonna turn my iPad around and uh, you'll have a few options. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, so this episode is going to be about tipping, and when I originally sent this in the, we have a Bullcast group text where we brainstorm, um, I said, guys, let's do an episode about tipping, and do you know where Court's brain went?
1: Cow tipping. (laughs) You know, being from Mississippi, I have tipped some cows in my life.
0: Really? I have. Like, for real?
1: Yeah, for real. You got to the pasture late at night and they're all just standing there in a herd.
0: Okay, explain It's terrible.
1: I don't support it. It's
0: explain the reason behind cow tipping and
1: Well when you're from the boonies there's nothing else to do.
0: So you just go and You either tip do over drugs or, or you
1: tip cows. Meth or cows, you choose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean you literally just go over there and like push a cow over.
1: Yes,
2: and they fall over. It's funny, I after we had our little text conversation, I, I looked up cow tipping on Wikipedia. I was going to make an outline for cow tipping, just as a joke. But uh, Wikipedia has it labeled as an urban legend. Urban
0: legend. <laughs> they don't think
2: that people really do it on Wikipedia. Yes, so. cow
0: tipping. The activity of sneaking up on an unsuspecting or sleeping upright cow, pushing it over for entertainment. The practice of cow tipping is generally considered an urban legend, and stories of such feats viewed as tall tales... <laughs> the implication that rural citizens seek such entertainment due to the lack of alternatives is viewed as a stereotype. The concept of cow tipping apparently developed in nineteen seventies, though tales of animals that cannot rise if they fall have historically been dated back to the Roman Empire. So apparently you're a stereotype, Cam. Yeehaw. And you're a tall tale.
1: Cameron's over here telling tall tales. You know, now that I think about it
0: <laughs> Did you really ever We tip we
1: a cow? went cow tipping? But I can't remember if we actually tipped them. Like, we drove out there in the trucks and got out, and I'm trying to recall if cows were actually tipped. (laughs) It was so long ago.
0: It's all an illusion. Okay, Urban legend
1: (laughs) or not, I went with the intention to tip cows.
0: Okay, so if you've actually tipped a cow or seen somebody do this, tweet at us, call us, Instagram us, whatever. Okay, but this episode is not going to be about cow tipping and how you're so bored that you go and push over harmless animals. Mm. (laughs) Pretty good. This one is kind of going to be a a little bit of a rant and just kind of an open conversation about tipping and the whole... Like money tipping. Money tipping. Like you, you go to a restaurant and... Gratuities. Yes, they bring you the bill and you have to determine what you're going to tip because this is something that... It's in the States. Everybody does it here. When you go abroad, it's very different views. And I think that it's something that very much has changed because of the pandemic. You know, the idea of giving someone money for their work really isn't one that needs an origin story, but modern American tipping, the practice of the customers giving gratuity on top of the money that the employee gives from his or her employer does have a beginning. As for the word itself, many are familiar with the tale that to ensure promptness was a phrase written on dishes for coins at shops, thus creating the acronym of T.I.P.S. But that's just a myth. There's a lot of myths and urban legends in this episode already. (laughs) Some account credits European travelers with bringing the custom to the U.S. Others credit American travelers with bringing tipping back from Europe. The truth? Wealthy Americans in the 1850s and 1860s discovered the tradition, which had originated in medieval times, as a master custom where a servant would receive extra money for having performed well on vacations in Europe. Wanting to seem aristocratic, individuals began tipping in the United States upon their return. So really, this was a way of showing like, oh, I'm so wealthy, then I I have the ability to be able to tip my people, to give them a little extra incentive to do my biddings.
2: Whatever the origin of it is, I stand by the idea that, as long as servers are paid less than minimum wage to do the job of uh, of waiting tables, they should be tipped if they provide good service. It's the right thing to do and the taste way to do it because they're getting paid under, you know, sometimes two or three dollars mm-hmm. an hour. yeah, so they're they're getting paid well under minimum wage and they rely on tips as a the major source of their income. Other people, though, most people nowadays that are asking for tips like at the register and stuff, they're not getting paid minimum wage. They're getting paid $10, $15 an hour.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and they're well, still... Hold on.
0: Before you go too far on that, let me finish the history lesson real fast, and then we're going to get into our rant. When these aristocratic individuals were doing these tips, most diners were actually largely against it, deemed it both condescending and classless. And how could poor Americans be expected to pay for their food and add a tip on top of it. In fact, there were so many anti-tipping that in 1860s, the attitude spread to Europe. So you think about it now, like Europe still has kept that tradition. That's one reason why there's no tipping in Europe, in European restaurants, and the actual Restaurant Opportunity Center United, Rock United, and the director of the Food Labor Research Center at the University of California, Berkeley, advocates for the equalization of wages for tipped and non-tipped workers. So that's kind of the rant you were talking about, Court, mm-hmm. about, yes, you may not be tipping in Europe, but they're paying their workers a little bit more. Right. So despite tipping growing prominence, um, many remain unhappy about the custom in the years to follow. Six states temporarily abolished the practice in 1915. In 1918, Georgia's legislation deemed tips as commercial bribes. Oh, okay. When you put bribes with it instead of tips, it sounds very different. Um, in fact, some people could be fined or imprisoned who accepted a gratuity of any kind. And even with this pushback, the practice grew in popularity in many southern states. And by 1926, all of these laws have been repealed or deemed unconstitutional.
1: So what started as an aristocratic power move has now become so commonplace. I was just looking at the calculator on my Apple Watch. Uh Uh-huh. And built into the calculator, you can just put your amount, I'd say 20, and all you got to do is hit the tip button. It'll calculate different percentage tips. It's bananas. It's it's so built into technology now, and it's so commonplace.
0: Yeah, I mean, the pandemic changed tipping etiquette. So knowing how much to tip has become very stressful, because what happened during the pandemic that it's now sticking around, there was no set rules. We were left guessing on what to do with these different services, because Number one, like a lot of times people had cash tips. Well, we're kind of started turning cashless and not wanting to spread our COVID through our dollar bills that we're handing somebody. But also there was a lot of people that lost their jobs and were, you know, some were dubbed essentials. Some, their whole way of working changed. You weren't going to the restaurant and having a waiter wait on you and bring you new drinks and bring your food to you. Instead, you're just driving your car up there and picking it up. But yet... You're like, oh, you're a hero. You're still working. So you tip more sometimes. And then a lot of the restaurants added COVID tip that was built in already because they weren't getting those tips from the restaurant being operational in a normal way.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all with court here. A server should be tipped and must be tipped because they rely on that. But this bogus current slash post-pandemic tipping situation is uncalled for. In my humble opinion. So,
0: so what are you talking about bogus?
1: I'm not the only one that thinks this. I, I searched Twitter <laughs> for the term, everyone expects a tip.
0: Twitter is the truth.
1: It is the truth. It gives you a lot of people's opinions, I will say. And I just found, I just picked three random tweets. So Uberfax, the Twitter account, tweeted, What scam has become so normalized that people don't even notice it? And Ashlyn underscore LC said that everyone expects a tip. Why am I now supposed to tip cashiers? And then I saw another guy tweet, I hate tipping. I hate how everyone now expects a tip. Like the person at the bakery taking my order, pulling a pastry out of the case and putting it onto a plate. Not tip worthy. (laughs) And then lastly, Aaron tweeted, okay, so tipping etiquette with those square point of sales terminals, it feels like everyone expects to be tipped getting food or takeout. The tablet wants a tip buying a t-shirt. The tablet wants a tip. Buying a couple package snacks, there's that hungry tablet again.
0: I would say it's the tablet. The tablet is wanting on all-
1: And they awkwardly they turn it around for you to tip them and then they stare into your soul.
0: Yeah, it's I know you freak out about the fact that like when a, a waiter or waitress is hovering over you as you're filling out the bill, like that's not proper etiquette. They need to like go away and let you do it on your own. But that, it's like you're in line, there's people behind you. I think I saw something that it was like, okay, you're gonna tip. For your Starbucks drink before it's even made, <laughs> like what?
2: On my uh, on my Facebook feed, somebody posted an article that was written by an, an opinion piece. I'll say that was written by an ex barista at a an, an ex Starbucks barista, and uh, she basically said like. Yeah, don't tip. (laughs) Don't do it. Just stare right back at them as you hit zero.
0: (laughs) And I think a lot of them, like those terminals, just have it built in there for if they're at a restaurant or whatever. But On the one side, the businesses are smart because they're going to get people. It's kind of like the add a dollar for a charity or round up to the nearest dollar for a charity. They're just putting it out there thinking, hey, somebody may give us a tip. Mm -hmm. But then those that have that guilt of like, oh, crap, I I guess I should. So you walk in thinking you're going to spend $20 and then you Add a tip to, and you're like, okay, and keep tipping everything you go, then you've now spent 20, 30, 40 dollars more in a day than you were expecting to spend.
1: The hill that I will die on is that there are only two individuals I will tip the person who serves me food and the person that cuts my hair. I don't want to sound stingy, but I don't think everyone else needs a tip. I mean, do you
0: it, tip your Uber driver?
1: I never take Ubers. I probably, hmm. I wonder if I would.
0: So, see, I feel that, I mean, I'll tip my Uber driver. And then I also feel in the back of my head because Uber now, like, they rate you and you rate them. And so I have in the back of my mind, like, if for some reason I don't give a good enough tip to my Uber driver, they're gonna give me a low score. And then I'm gonna get crappy Uber drivers later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. But it's a thought in my head.
1: And I don't ever tip my Sonic Girls. I feel like in the 90s, tipping the Sonic Girls was a thing. Like
0: They were on roller skates. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: they almost seemed kind of like they would like have their hand out almost like it was just a thing. And these days, I don't think they rely on I, are, I wonder if they're paid more than a, a regular server.
0: I'm a pretty regular Sonic tipper. I usually have like dollars in my car ready to like give to the Sonic Girls. Of course, now if you order on the app, they do have where you can round up and that's the tip. But I guess because they walk outside with your stuff, then it's different, and you think about tipping them versus like a drive-through. You would just like you stay in your car, and they just they don't even have to leave their building; they just hand it to you. But then my whole reasoning for why I would tip a Sonic girl then should change over that I should tip the Chick Fil A girl now that I do curbside pickup for Chick Fil A because it makes it so much faster than hmm. the drive-through. Oh yeah, but there's no option to really tip. And and there's some places that cannot take tips. It's like against their rules. They Mm -hmm. can't take them. But um, I mean, being in the event industry world, that's always a big conversation that I would have when I was helping people with weddings and things on who do you tip and who do you not tip. And it really comes down to, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. But I do know that working with some of these vendors, they fully expect it. You know they're getting paid three, four, five thousand dollars, but they still expect a tip on top of it, and it's because they go above and beyond. And and yes, there are some people that do, but also I argue to the point of you're getting paid for this service, and you, you people expect you to kind of go above and beyond. I'm I'm a big tipper. I'm a pro tipper. Um, I very much fall on the side of I think I overtip a lot, and then I've noticed sometimes when I have a, a regular service with my salon and I think that sometimes I'll have moments where I've over tipped and then I feel bad if I'm realized like whoa I've just given them a bunch of tips the past several months I need like I'm just gonna do a normal tip this month and I don't think the service really changes but I kind of in the back of my head I'm like mm, is this gonna change things because I gave a lesser tip
1: it's such a fine line. Like, where do you end the tipping? And that's why I'm stingy with just the two places that I tip. Because, yeah. like, do I tip the Verizon guy for setting up my phone? Do I tip the Apple guy for getting it from the back room and unboxing it for me? Like, yeah, see, where where would, do
0: you stop? No, yeah, I wouldn't think about doing that. But it's it's kind of like all these side hustles that, okay, somebody makes a piece of art for you or does something. And they say, oh, it's, you know, $20 or $50 Venmo me. Are they expecting a tip?
2: No, no. You're, I would, you're I buying would say a no. product and no, you yeah. had to
0: go pick it up from them. <laughs> like they're yeah, starting to I, delivered.
2: I, th- I think it, at least as far as the turnaround bases go, th- those things, I think that mostly what you're seeing, where, where you're seeing those crop up. I First of all, I think it is just part of the, the software package that's put on there because I've walked into stores where they flip it around and say, just hit the red button and the red button is no, no tip. And so, you know they're like it's there. they know it's there. They're not trying See, to get I a like tip. that. they're not pushy about yeah. it. They just like
1: just hit the right button.
2: yeah. also, I think it's sort of it's almost natural that people that work in the food industry start thinking, well, it's there, and I'm in the food industry. I'm kind of uh, like a waiter, you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: the the big distinction though is you know, you're not making two or three dollars an hour that, like a waiter would. So I don't know. sometimes I tip people sometimes I don't. It depends. I always tip. For instance, when I when I order food to go, I always tip because basically the person, especially if they have a dedicated to go food person, they're doing about as much as much work as a waiter would do if I went in and sat down. Yeah. About the only difference is they don't have to clean up the table after, you know. Um, so, I tip to go food people and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: I've ordered food like to be delivered, and I, if it's like late at night, or I know it's a kind of a difficult order, I in the back of my head tip a little bit more, thinking like maybe they'll get it to me quicker, or maybe they'll like go above and beyond. But then I get really disappointed, like not necessarily with the DoorDash people or whatever, but anybody, if I tip them a good amount, and I don't expect you to be like, oh my gosh, thanks so much. But like, Expect some kind of like, thank you or appreciation for what I did.
1: Yeah. Do y'all have a a trick that you use when determining how much to tip? And I asked that because growing up, I was told just double the tax. And a lot of times that actually works out pretty well. Yeah. And I I don't blindly do it. Like if my experience was good, I'll add a little bit more. But for the most part, I just double the tax.
0: I heard that trick too. And that's what I typically will do that. I will tell you, it's (laughs) nail salons get me really bad. And it's usually, and and you guys can't relate to this, but maybe your wives can. Typically at a nail salon, they have just finished your nails and about to start the last step of it. So it is very quick. It's like, do you want to go ahead and pay? Not everybody does this. Some waits till the very end, but a lot of times it is you've just done your last one coat and they hand you the bill, you give them the credit card, and then they're waiting to finish your nails and you're quickly trying to do it. So it's one of those, you're like, ah, and I usually end up doing like $20, $30. And then I look back after that and I'm like, holy crap, I just did like 30, 40%. And it's just because I was caught up in that moment and thought, oh, tip $20. Okay, sure. Not looking at like the total amount and comparison to it. But those places always get me when it's like a quick, in a hurry, and I don't have time to think about it.
1: They're just taking advantage of you because they know you're a generous person. Yeah. And And Katie really is. She's always like uh, buying things for people. How, how, How do you determine what tip to pay a hairdresser? Is it do you do a percentage of what it cost you or what? It's weird. Just just for me personally, I usually will tip between eight to ten dollars. A guy's haircut is not that uh, detailed, but when I go to Sport Clips, like I did a couple hours ago, they'll do the hot towel and they'll massage your scalp, and I'm like, okay, that's worth eight to ten dollars. I used uh, it's, it's interesting. I think I'm gonna have to up
2: my tip because I used to I, when I was you know I've always gone to Supercuts. You know, basically I've been going to Supercuts for years, and when I w- started going there, I would give. Uh, five dollar tip and people were like oh wow hey thanks and i've noticed nowadays people are not all that grateful for the five dollar <laughs> inflation.
0: Yeah, so, inflation so
2: i did not adjust for inflation i think i need to kick it up a little but
0: uh emily post says that you should uh do 15 to 20 percent for hair salons and ask to be split among those who served you
2: well see the thing is again super cuts i mean 20 bucks 20 percent of 20 bucks is only four dollars so yeah. <laughs> i put super cuts as, as kind of like a, a the, the people that work there are perfectly good uh, hairstylists, but I kind of think of like Supercuts is a little cheaper than great than than Sport Clips, but uh, they have started doing a lot of the same stuff that they do at Sport Clips, like giving you a, a hot towel and stuff like that. But if you if I only tipped them twenty percent, that that wouldn't it just wouldn't seem like enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about okay? Because I'm looking at Emily Post. If you don't know, like she's I don't know if anymore, but like it was kind of the dubbed of like where you go for etiquette and where you look at like RSVP and all the different standards, but she's got on here, a lot of this is 15 to 20% for things, but she's on here bartender and, you know, one to $2 per drink or 15 to 20% of the tab. Have y'all ever like gone to the airport and just, you know, you walk up there, get the drink and then immediately check out because, you know, you don't want to be tied up with that. Yeah. So that's they they, like, you didn't even hang out. You just like, you stood there, you got your drink and now you're going to walk off.
2: I always tip at least a dollar.
0: T- yeah, um, I tip like a little bit, but it's just like... I,
1: I do not. You know, I'm thinking back to the hill that <laughs> we're I'm dying not gonna, on. We're at, not
0: going to travel with camp. And I think I can narrow industry. it down
1: to if they have to clean up after me, a server, or have to sweep my hair up, I will tip them. If they are having to do some labor mm-hmm. to clean up after my visit. Well, then that that begs the question, do you leave
2: money behind in your hotel room when you're checking out? Because I,
0: I'm I'm bad about, no, I don't think I about doing that. I never even
2: considered that.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Every,
2: ti- every time we go and stay in a hotel, Robin always leaves money, uh, f- leaves a for tip the for the
0: housekeeper. Yeah. Emily yeah. Post says $2 to $5 per day left daily with a note marked housekeeping. Thank you.
1: You know, I may start doing that. I never mm. even considered it because that's- they are cleaning up after me.
0: Yeah, I, for, I forget about that. Of course, housekeeping in hotels has really changed. Yeah, they did.
1: A lot of times.
2: The last place that we stayed, um, what was that? Austin? Austin. Yeah. they. I don't think they were coming and cleaning every no,
0: day. No. I mean, even uh, we just got back from taking my nieces to Disney, and they had it set up that housekeeping would not come to our room unless we wanted them to. And if they did, they would come every fourth day. Hmm. Well, we weren't there that much, so it's like one time. Yeah. And really, that was just like, hey, come give us fresh towels. Yeah. But yeah, that's something to think about is the people that we forget about tipping that really have gone above and beyond. And I mean, Cam, you and I both kind of do some freelance stuff. So do you expect if you give a price to somebody like $500 for a graphic design? Do you expect them to tip you?
1: No, and I never get tips. Sometimes my clients will send me like a thank you package or like an embroidered hat with my logo on it, which yeah. is really cool, but I don't ever expect a tip. I set a flat fee for a reason. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, with my events and stuff, I never would expect a tip, but, um, I kind of would get frustrated when I would help a bride and she would give me an envelope to like, tip the DJ and tip the catering company and I'm like, what well, hell I'm the one that like made sure they all showed up and ran around and I dealt with your crazy aunt Sally and did all this and and it's just that they considered my fee to cover all of that but the DJ's fee it was weird to me. Yeah. That people don't have a standard of who they tip and who they don't tip. And it's hard. Yeah. Cause it's like, I I forgot about the housekeeper. That's a big deal.
1: Something we haven't talked about is back to the restaurant industry. When they build in the gratuity for a large group, do you guys tip on top of that? I used to (laughs) not as sort of a, like, you know, I would
2: have tipped you more if you didn't, but you're forcing it on me. But then I was like, you know what? That's just, that's just petty on my part. So I started like if, if they, if they add on like an 18% gratuity, then I'll, another two percent in there I'll, you know. sure
0: i'll add okay if i'm with a group of people and somebody's been a turd then i i will daniel and i are both the same way if someone's being difficult or if we're at a group table and we know one of them's a bad tipper we usually compensate for that and add a little bit more just because we know that person's not going to tip or that person's been really difficult
2: also i kind of have a rule uh, it's just my own personal thing where basically, and this is probably where I came up with the haircut tip that I that I've been giving. Anytime I go anywhere, if it's if it's kind of if it's a service industry and the tip is expected, if it's un, if my tab is under twenty dollars, anything less than twenty dollars uh, is my tab. I still usually tip five. Five, yeah. Just just as sort of like
1: a. Okay, base. this is my baseline, and then yeah. I'll go up from there. Another thing we haven't talked about is like additional services and fees these days. Mm-hmm. So back to your hotel comment, Abby and I are about to head to the beach and stay in an Airbnb, and I will not leave a tip because of the insane service and fees that are added on to it. It's kind of like Uber. You order a $10 burger, and you end up spending $30 to have it delivered. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's...
1: And it's not the driver's fault, but... Part of me is a little burned by it. Like, mm, I've already spent a lot here. And it's
0: also like, so yeah, you may not tip the Airbnb, but what you can do is write a good post and like a review and say how much it was good or what was bad or whatever.
1: Yeah. good review is way, is it's worth way more than leaving a little tip behind yeah. for the cleaners.
0: Okay. The cardinal rule for tipping. Use common sense when tipping. The more difficult the task, the bigger the gratuity should be. The following are a few more guidelines for giving gratuities. Default on the side of generosity. If you cannot afford to tip, acknowledge your appreciation in some other way, such as a handwritten card or small gift, or I would say in this day and age, a positive review, because that does make a huge difference. I mean, I think if you gave a shout out to your girl at Superclips,
1: or whatever. Superclips. Superclips. She combined.
0: I don't know. Super, super sports clips. Whatever, whatever that place y'all go. Sport cuts. <laughs> this mystery place y'all can go to and get out for like twenty bucks. Like, what is that?
2: Well, I mean, you know, you look at my head. It's it's not exactly a tough haircut that they're giving me. It's with the buzz clippers. Okay, but don't regard tipping as optional. That's number two. Yeah. Many people who work for tips rely on them to earn a living. Therefore, it is a necessity, not an option. Uh, Number three,
1: tip according to the service provided. You would not tip a restaurant worker who delivers a meal to your car more than you would someone who loaded heavy building materials into the back of your SUV during a downpour.
0: I don't think I've ever tipped, like, the Home Depot guy or something who's helped me take stuff out to my car. Well,
1: See, we're not in that boat. Usually the guys just do it themselves. But as a female, yeah, that's kind of a different situation.
0: Like, I I've never even thought about that. Like, And a lot s-
1: of times at Kroger, like, the bag boys for elderly women will take their groceries to their car for them.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'll tip the valet guy. When he brings the luggage up.
1: That's another thing. I never get valet done, but that's another just expected tip in today's society. Tip the valet guy.
0: Yeah. Think about Home Alone movie where he's just like, what does he give him? Like Bubble gum? Yep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. When we go,
2: like for instance, about the only restaurant I go to regularly where they have valet is Folks Folly. And when we're pulling up, if I can't find a parking space and I start getting grumpy about it, Ron will be like, can you just use the valet? And I'm like, well, do you have cash? Because we're going to have to tip them and I don't have any cash.
0: Yep. I mean, especially downtown where it's difficult, like that's kind of one of those split rational decisions you make. Okay. Look, I can go and park over here. It's only going to cost me, you know, five, $10 to park here, but then I got to walk, you know, a mile to get to the restaurant or... I can just pull in here valet and it's going to be close and it's going to cost me like a $20 tip or something. Mm. So you make that, that that cash decision, what you do and, and your time. And I mean, I know when I go downtown, if I'm by myself, then I'll probably valet over having to walk in at night downtown in heels. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, this last one, though. Cash is not necessarily king, so I guess, you know, call me a liar. During the pandemic, many places discourage or even forbid paying by cash. People also tend to leave bigger tips when they use credit cards. It's also helpful to ask the person if they prefer to be tipped via a peer-to-peer payment platform, such as Venmo or
0: Zelle.
2: Zelle. If you tip with cash, you can avoid handing it to the person by putting it in an envelope and leaving it for them. (laughs) Here's here's another one because it, it was it was mentioned as one of the one of the common things that people don't know how much to tip. A mover. Robin and I have moved many, many times and we always
1: struggle with how much we need to don't tip. Don't you just them. pay
0: them in pizza and beer?
1: <laughs> See, Abby and I always move ourselves. I'm like, get the other end of the couch, girl. Come on, lift, <laughs>
0: lift. Pivot.
2: That? we've just we've moved so many times and some of them have been you know to different cities so we, we like one one we actually had to hire a, a mo- you know one of the big moving services because we needed a big truck to take all of our stuff to, to Nashville but even then we were like okay how much do we tip the, the the movers how much do we tip there was one guy who he was one of the movers and he was sort of in charge at our Memphis home and then when we got to Frank it was actually Franklin. Uh, when we, he, he was also the truck driver. So when we got to Franklin, he was there in Franklin as well and was in charge of the movers that were moving us into our new house in Franklin. So it was two different groups of movers. So I couldn't just tip like once for everybody. I had to tip the guys in Memphis and I had to tip the guys in Franklin. And then I gave the driver guy a a bigger tip. And I, I, I just don't know what the etiquette is on that, but I know that, that people struggle with it. Also, here's another one. Do either of you have AAA? Yes. No. Okay. Have you ever had to use AAA to get your car towed
0: somewhere? Yes.
2: Do you tip the tow truck driver?
0: I thank him. <laughs> <laughs> See, but yeah, like it's it's, it's a such a double standard because why... That's weird.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's such a great area. You could literally tip everyone you pass on the street, you know? You You could just
0: be like, you you gotta draw the line somewhere. You gotta have a whole accountant just for tipping because there's, you could be, oh, somebody held the door for you. Do you tip them? Like, what do you do? I mean, what is this madness? (laughs) (laughs) But you're spiraling. Like, there, I mean, but seriously, it's, you can get so caught up in it and you've got to, in your mind, kind of, you have a very rigid standard. You're like, this is what I do. This is who I tip. Done. I mean, I'm all over the place, and its I've noticed that. It's like, holy crap, I, I've tipped all these people, and it's a lot. It adds up. Like, are you tipping
1: the bride for inviting you to her wedding? Like, no. Where do you end?
0: <laughs> Exa- but, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, you overtip some people and tip people who don't really need it, but then you forget about some of those others, and it's...
2: Dudes. Okay, here's one. There's this... You know what we didn't do? Dudes. <laughs> First of all, you know what we didn't do? We didn't do a list this week. I'm aware. OK, <laughs> are we doing a list right now? No, okay. We're not doing a list. I just uh, my, my next point is a pop culture reference, so I was like, oh, wait, we didn't do a list. There's this show called Below Deck," and it focuses on the crew of a luxury cruise, uh, like a yacht. yacht. yeah. yeah. Ah. And these things, these things get uh, chartered for like three-day trip. And it costs it costs the person who's getting it like a hundred thousand dollars to do this three-day trip on this luxury cruise liner. And at the end of the episode, like the last thing they show at the end of the episode is how much did the group tip the boat workers? Because basically they pay a hundred thousand dollars to take this boat out, but then it's still expected that you're going to tip about twenty percent of what it costs you to charter the boat to the to the staff. So and I bet the, they don't. At the end of every no, at the I mean, I'm sure there are people that don't, but every episode that I've ever seen of the show, at the end of the episode, as they're getting off the boat, the last thing the the main person who actually chartered the yacht does is hand the captain a big giant envelope full of cash,
1: and then the captain divvies it up among all the among all the staff people my thoughts are if you can afford a one hundred thousand dollar yacht for a few days you can afford a massive tip see yeah, i'm such a cheapskate i personally would be like i paid too much i'm not tipping anybody
0: but these guys are loaded but there's a i mean there is a standard there's a lot of people the higher income they have the less they tip i mean that that's a stereotype but there's a huge correlation of people who are just kind of expected and are not great tippers so I mean it's yeah, you would you would think they've got this much money, but it's I don't know
2: it's interesting it's priority in figuring yeah. out
0: what's important and they think, oh, we've got all this money like I need to save it all I don't need to give it to everybody and I think the standard and level of what they expect in order to get a tip becomes higher other little uh not necessarily true but According to these lists, uh, women tip higher than men. Millennials are the worst tippers.
2: Republicans tip more than Democrats. Okay. That's odd. Baby
0: boomers tip the most. People with higher income tip less. People in the Northeast tip it the best. Okay. So if you're a server in the Northeast, you're in luck. The West Coast and the South tip the worst.
1: Ah. See that surprises me. That I feel does. like in the South we're a little warmer down here. Our personality, yeah. Are, but mm. it, could
0: it also be the the old fashioned side of like, oh, yeah, you worked good. Like
1: you did good.
0: Are we gonna go all the way back? Like, do we tip our farmers who got us the corn? Who <laughs> you know? I mean, it's this whole cycle you can go into. Crazy. But I mean, I, I on the other side of it, when when you were talking about the yacht and the crew members and expecting this big tip, I think if you're in an industry, you should never. Base your budget, base your income on getting those big tips because they're so variable. And you could, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You could expect this person is so lavish, has all this money, and then they leave you a dollar tip. And we've seen so many movies and TV shows where that happens. Like they expect a big tip and it's like they get a dollar. And then sometimes it's the irate server that comes after them. is like, what did I do wrong? Or like the one cent tip. Ouch, that hurts. Yeah. That's, um, uh, someone told me once that, uh, it's better to leave one cent tip than no tip because then it's a no tip is you could have just like missed it. But the one cent is that, no, you acknowledge that they did one cent worth of extra work. That cuts like a knife. (laughs) So, I mean, this has really been a rant of us talking about tipping. I don't really know that there's any good advice out of this, except for we're trying to figure it out along with you guys on the standard of who do you tip, who do you not tip? Um, I think that now talking about this with you guys, I'm gonna be much more aware of who I'm tipping and who I'm not and trying to figure out, you know, what is that standard? What is that perfect one where you really take care of those that are taking care of you, not just throwing money because that little talking tablet goes, feed me. Is that your bullseye? Uh, I guess, you know, I always do bullseye before I bullseye. <laughs>
1: I guess I would just say use your common sense. I mean, you don't have to use Cameron's really strict policy that only tip if they are cleaning up after you, but that's what I do. Just if your service was good, tip well. Yeah. Be
2: aware of the fact that um, I had always believed it to be true, but now I have someone else who said it in one of the things we were reading. So I feel uh, I feel validated. People tend to spend more on tips when they're paying with a credit card than they do when they're paying with cash. Yeah. So uh, if you're if you're paying with a credit card, just be conscious of the fact that that is still money that you are <laughs> that you are paying out that is no longer going That's to be in your money.
0: pocket. That's not money. That's the very tip money.
2: And uh, that'll be my bullseye for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you know? There's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you want to find out more about Katie and Cameron and Court, you can go to our website, that's bullcastpodcast.com. Feel free to leave a comment, uh, drop a suggestion for a uh, an episode if you have one, and we will definitely follow up on that. Uh, we also have an Instagram, that handle is at bullcastpodcast. We have a Twitter, that handle is at bullcastpodcast, and... We all work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we actually do in our day-to-day jobs, (laughs) find out more information about our team, amazing team, and find out more about our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website and check it out. That is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's Advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Court.
0: I'm Katie.
1: I'm Cam. And we out.